Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Long Overdue Podcast. We are coming from Decatur, Texas, and we have Chris. Hello. And Pat. Hi. And me, which is Dawn. (laughs) Uh, Denise is not with us today, and we are going to be talking about librarians and what they do all day. Sounds like fun. So don't don't they just like sit in the back and read books? You know, I was thinking today. Is that not what they do? I've I've been I've been <laughs> really focused on library conferences recently because I've I just spent three days going through every program coming up in the Texas Library Association conference in this next March, and one of the best things we see is when people you know want to talk about something and it's because they love kids and they love books. And that's why they should be a librarian, or that's why they should be telling you about all the fun things they do. And it's like, that's great. I love kids, and I love books, too. But that's not what you do all day. No, mm-hmm. there is a lot more that's that you do all day. If, uh, you know, if I could get somebody to pay me to re- just read all day, I would be on that like fleas on a dog. Hmm. Yeah. I would. I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of something else besides fleas on the dog. I know. I was you trying know. to think too, and I thought, well, that's pretty straightforward. <laughs> and it doesn't embarrass anybody. It doesn't offend anybody. So let's just go with that. All right, that works. Yeah. Okay. I was just thinking about how you get rid of zombie fleas. What are zombie fleas? They're un- undead fleas. And how do you okay. do that? You take a bath in holy water. <laughs> <laughs> of course. This is this was just a little tidbit that I came up with during just our, a little our gaming session the other day. It has nothing to do with librarians, except that a librarian might be called on to lead a gaming session. Yes. At any yes. given moment. I guess that's true. Yeah? Yeah. Heck yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I know how these things go. I make a face, and then Dawn wonders why I'm making a face like that, and then she wants to know. So I'm, I'm like, I might as well just <laughs> just, just tell me, just say get it, it. Yep. over with. Just go ahead. <laughs> so Dawn, let's yeah. start by talking about what you have to go through to get to be a degreed librarian. So, well, you want to talk about that? I can talk we about can part talk about of it. That. I think that okay. you need to to talk about part of it too. Okay. So my path is, um, I have a very long and varied path. Let's hear it in a nutshell. <laughs> in a Let's, nutshell. Yeah. Okay. So I had to go back to school. I had already had my bachelor's degree uh-huh. and um, I had to go back to school for my master's and I did that in library science. Mm-hmm. So two years of school. Um, we covered, um, all kinds sorry, of things. I know three things just went through my head. It's like, which one do I say first? Cataloging. Uh, we had a cataloging mm-hmm. class. We had, um, lots of projects. Um, you know, obviously literature, young adults, right. literature and, um, talking about public libraries. Mm-hmm. There was a class on that and, um, technology mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and making web pages and yeah all kinds of stuff so 
yeah, at other core courses that are part of that master's degree in library or information science, depending on where you go and what your focus is. Mm-hmm. Um, reference services. So that's like helping people answer their questions, helping people find what they're looking for, um, helping people do research. Yes. So you kind of learn what some of the significant sources are, mm-hmm. where to find accurate and timely information especially medical stuff oh my goodness yeah Yeah. i mean there are there's a whole branch of the profession that's medical librarians yes um a a friend of mine that i'm on a committee with right now works for the unt health science center oh really and um that's i mean they they, that's what they do there i don't even know how many people work at the unt health science center library but what's really cool but, is I've yeah. been in different hospitals uh-huh. and they have those libraries. Yeah. And it's not they just, it, it's for her doctors and for patients mm-hmm. and for people coming in to visit mm-hmm. patients and, and all that. So I think that's this really cool thing. Yeah. So Well, and it's, it's really interesting too because a, like a lot of what I learned when I was in library school, which was almost 30 years ago Ooh. when I graduated. Yeah. So it's a lot different than it is very yeah. different now because you know at that time the only way you could get to electronic information was to go through a paid subscription service. So one of our classes we spent some time with the person on the U- University of North Texas library staff mm-hmm. who was the person trained to get your education research things and retrieve them, do those searches and retrieve them. Mm-hmm. And because we were students at the school, we didn't have to pay for that. But anybody who was coming from outside, that's the only way you could get some of this information, is to pay this person by the hour wow. to search for you. That's amazing. And because the university was paying this huge amount of money to have access to this, mm-hmm. They provided it for students and faculty, but they made money to kind of counter the subscription cost mm-hmm. by charging people from outside wow. the campus community. And and now think about all that that we have to offer. You know, not just I'm not just talking about Google. I'm talking about all kind the subscription databases that we offer, like mm-hmm. Mango Languages, like um, Learning Express Library, like um, education i mean there's a whole a whole suite of things that we offer for free but they're not just every random thing about stuff it's curated that means somebody has has done the research has checked it to make sure that the sources are accurate that the the information stays up to date that i mean there are people constantly working on these databases to keep them accurate and up to date and, and we pay a very small amount subscription to get a lot of these things because we're a public library in Texas. Um, there have been discounts gotten for us, you know, so that we're able to all get to these things. But yeah. when I was in library school, those didn't exist at all. Right. And you went to print books, mm-hmm. which meant that whatever you were finding was already out of date, but this was the latest available. Which is frustrating. Yeah, it really is. And it's frustrating even now because some of your data is outdated. Mm-hmm. Because um, 
it hasn't all been compiled because once they get the data, they have to manipulate right. it so and get all, it into a form. There's always lag time. Yeah. yeah. So, but at least we're we're a lot more current than having to buy the new print release mm-hmm. because of just the time it takes to get something in print. Once that's done, once the curation, once the data analysis is done, then you have to go through the print process. We don't have to wait for that anymore. Yeah. Goodness. But I'm trying to think of other courses that I took, like programming, like mm-hmm. how to how to put together programming. Um, when you say programming, you mean computer programming? Oh, or? no, no, no. Okay. I mean, thank you for asking that. <laughs> no, I mean how to put on programs, classes, and events at the library. Um, one of the courses that I teach as, as part of being an adjunct with Texas Women's University Library School mm-hmm. is youth programming. And part of what we learn there is um, child development, we learn about various kinds of literacy, like media literacy, di- and digital media literacy. We mm-hmm. learn about print literacy. We learn about numeracy, so the understanding of, of math and numbers. Um, we learn about um, visual literacy and all these different ways of looking at how we learn and how we understand things. Um, multiple intelligences theory, mm-hmm. all of those things that if if you're an education person going through school, going through the university, mm-hmm. you probably have had a lot of that. But a librarian doesn't necessarily have an education background. Right. You and I both do. Mm-hmm. But most a, a lot of librarians don't, in public libraries particularly. And it's a really big thing. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that I draw on that a lot. Absolutely. Doing the children's Absolutely. programming and, and teen programs. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's very good information to have. But you're right. A lot of people right. don't have that. So to have at least, at least this overview of it mm-hmm. in some of your coursework is really helpful, I think. Yeah. So yeah, you mentioned young adult literature. I took a couple of children's literature classes, a storytelling class. Ooh. Um, management. Yes. one of the classes we had to take. That was the core course also. So yep. just kind of understanding budgets and human resources kinds of things, mm-hmm. legal issues related to just being in charge of a group of people or running an organization, facilities. So, so there are several different aspects to this as far as um, – Mine was public librarianship, mm-hmm. but you can also have school, mm-hmm. librarian, academic, um, special libraries, mm-hmm. and then the medical libraries. Is that well? That's a special. That's a special that's a type that's, of special library. There were four stuff. of them, though. Yeah, that's four special: academic, public, li- um, school, and special. Isn't academic school? No, academic is university. Ah, got it. That's where we make that distinction. So, school okay. is K twelve. Got it. And academic is. Community college, university. Okay. Um, and typically, a person who's a librarian at an academic position at a, at a college or university library mm-hmm. will be expected to have another master's degree in, a, in, a, in something other than library science as well. Wow. Because part of what they're expected to do is they'll be assigned a, a department or several departments to be the liaison. Mm-hmm. And so having that other graduate course background gives them a leg up in understanding and helping that department know what kind of resources are available for them and what would help them in their research and their 
teaching and so forth. So, yeah. And it's, it's kind of a big responsibility because you are trying to teach or have, you're not mm-hmm. trying to teach, but you have to be able to find the resources to help teachers, to help right. doctors, to help a lot of different yeah, people. Absolutely. Lawyers. Because mm-hmm. there's law mm-hmm. libraries. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of different. And a lot of law librarians have their JD. Yeah. Which is just blew me away the first time I found that out. I, w- I went to library school kind of in a group. It wasn't specifically a cohort, but, you know, mm-hmm. we were we all started about the same time, and we kind of went through a lot of the same courses. And I had two people in my very first collection development class that had their JD mm-hmm. and were becoming getting their, their master's degree to be a law librarian. That's cool. And I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, because you have to yeah. be able to help the, a lawyer right? in... Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to have some background knowledge mm-hmm. on that. So that was that's the other course area is collection development, which is what what resources, where do we find information about what resources are available for us to add to our library? Mm-hmm. And of course, when I was in library school, this was all print or, you know, VHS or cassette tapes or whatever uh-huh. they might be. And now digital is just exploding as far as how much of that people expect from us. Yes, and I think the other difference, too, is that you actually went through classes at the university, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and mine was all online. Right. There were no classes. Well, yeah, we didn't have online as a way to do that. Yes. So, yes, we were all face-to-face, and I think that was... That was a really good experience just to have that interaction with people in my class. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I teach for the most part online and, and I know that I have several students who will, who will in the discussion board say, oh, hey, so-and-so, it's good to, quote, see you again. We, you know, this is our third class together and I've really enjoyed our discussions, but uh-huh. they don't have any of that personal face-to-face interaction at all yeah. with each other. And, and I think that's hard. I mean, doing yeah. that online um, because I mean it's hard enough to meet somebody and find somebody right. to have things in common with, right. but to try to do it online. And I know teachers try to uh, encourage the the back and forth mm-hmm. talking, but mm-hmm. it's still it is very hard. Difficult. But I think it's also opened up. There aren't just a ton of library schools everywhere, so I think what this is what online programs has done is open up the field of librarianship to people from all over. Yes. Um, So that people don't have to up and move to go to school and then move somewhere else to find their job. They they can stay in their community. A Mm -hmm. lot of my students are working in libraries of one sort or another, Mm -hmm. just not at a professional position because they don't have that degree yet, but hoping that they can stay sort of in their community Mm -hmm. where they are, where they're established, where their kids go to school, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And I think it makes a huge difference. For example, in Texas, we have three full-blown library schools. We have the University of Texas at Austin, and then we have two in Denton. Texas so, Women's University and University of North Texas. What is Sam um, Houston? Sam Houston and um, seems like there's one other one that have only school librarian certification oh, programs. They okay. don't have a master's program. Okay. They have school library certification programs, though. Interesting. So their programs are going to really, really focus heavily on the um, literature 
on the school library as like a solo librarian kind of thing where you get a smattering of a lot of things. Well, and they're now titled media specialists. Right, and so that's just the other thing I was going to say is they focus a lot on personal technology. So Mm -hmm. these are not the information science people who run your big servers and your library management systems and your all those big things. These are the people who... I can help you, I can make sure that everybody's got their iPad and it's functioning, and I can make sure that um, the the streaming video goes to every classroom and is working properly, or I'm in charge of checking out the laptops to the teachers so that they've got, you know, two in their classroom or they get them for the day or however that works. Mm-hmm. So it's very much more personal technology than the I'm in charge of the server IT person kind of program. But there are UT and TWU and T all have those kind of programs as well. Mm -hmm. But that school library certification really has a lot of focus on the personal technology. Yes, and it's a certification. Uh Like you said, it's not a master's degree. And so to be a school librarian, you have to have been a classroom teacher, I believe it's three years, and then go through this program. So every state is different. Uh In Texas. Texas, they may have changed. It was two years. Okay. But it may be, um, they may have changed it at this point. You may be right. Um, But there are some states that are not, don't require any, Mm -hmm. um, and some that require three. Three years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's very interesting. So, I have a quick question, Chris. Mm-hmm. When you started working here, mm-hmm. which was how many years ago? Yes. Approximately eight. Around 13 10. years 13? ago. 13? Yeah. Wow. 13, 14? Is that even possible? Something like that. Yes. Yes, okay. it is. Okay. Well, well my question <laughs> is to you what surprised you about the library and what the library does or some of the people in the library would do when you first came do you remember no (laughs) not really okay i know that that they didn't sit in the back and read books yeah yeah (laughs) So I think there's a common misconception that everybody at the library is a librarian. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily true. It may be true in some cases, but probably... Probably not in most most places, yeah. I I mean, I will say that, you know, but I suppose this is true about a lot of businesses. You know, you only see what... When you're on, when you're you just a you know a patron or right. a customer or whatever, you only see the front end, right. and you get the end the end product and the end presentation. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to find out what all goes on behind the scenes, not just yeah. There's a lot of behind the scenes yeah. in a library. Not not just getting books and putting books on the shelf and you know buying books and 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 having story times. There's a lot a lot more than just that. Yeah. Well, and I think. I think just the that whole collection piece of, of what do we have to offer as far as things you can check out physically and digitally, mm-hmm. there's a lot behind the scenes to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So Don and I both have uh, responsibilities for collection development 
in our respective areas. Mm -hmm. And that means we have to do some research. We have to find journals. We have to find other sources that are going to tell us what's out there, what's got a lot of buzz, what's of high quality. So we've, we've, as part of our coursework, we've talked, we've learned, you know, what are some, some ways to evaluate materials, Mm -hmm. um, high quality production for uh, videos or audio books, um, looking at the kind of um, literature that's being published as far as fiction. Um, people expect us to have bestsellers, no matter how awful they are. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I don't think best-selling authors get to be best-selling authors because they're really awful. Mm-hmm. But I think there are some that do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've, we've talked about those before here, um, but. You know, I think there's certain expectations that everybody has, but then also part of, I think, what, what our job is, is to, to know what's available and to bring in some of the best we can find to offer to our citizens, to offer to the people who live in our community so that when they come in, they can find something on a subject they're interested in. So we have to kind of keep our finger on the pulse of what the community's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot going on just with that piece. Yeah. Um, keeping the building running. Right. (laughs) The lights on and the toilets flushing and (laughs) the water running. Um, I think um, AC working is very important this time of year. AC working, heater working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've had experiences with With all of those things. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think that I kind of got in into the whole library world, you know, as this time was coming into kind of this age of the library as more than, it's not just a place where there's books mm-hmm. and, and, and there, and our resources go far, so far beyond books, you know, right. we have those, but there's so many other resources we have available in it, but it's even about more than that. Um, the library has become, uh, you know, it's a community center as much as mm-hmm. it is a resource. Yes, and yeah. and I think that I came in as that was starting to become. I don't know where how it is everywhere else, but I've, you know, the climate that yeah. I've gotten is that that's kind of what it's been evolving into. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that you know I have people who, going on ten years now, I've I've had conversations with some people who will come up to me and say, "So, how?" Do, do you still work at a library and are there still such things you know yeah, and, yeah. and what do they do because people read on their kindles you know or, or whatever and and I think that's exactly what libraries have done and what libraries have always done is respond to the changing needs of our com- communities and so each library has whether it's assigned or not, each library has a de facto community that it serves. Mm -hmm. And so while we are a department of the city of Decatur, we serve all of Wise County. Um, Anybody else is welcome to come in and use the resources we have. They just can't check out something from us. But we serve all of Wise County just because, in addition to getting funding from the county, that just makes sense to us. You know, we have people who come here from all over because of the schools, because of the retail, because of the events that are going on in, on Main Street, you know, just for all kinds of, the hospital 
is is really something that draws people to Decatur. Um, so just to have all of those things right here in our community, that means we serve all of those people in in whatever way we can. Um, well, and this is the yeah. the closest big town uh-huh. for right. a lot of people, you know, as far as going to Denton or going down to Fort Worth area or Roanoke. Right. You know, um, so if you're out in the country, it could be a long drive. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so. Well, and I know there are people who use our library who count on coming into town once a week. Yes. That's their, that's their schedule. And so that's one of the reasons that we used to check out our movies for three days. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons we changed it so that those check out for a week. Because we have so many people who live out of town. And for them, it's a, it's a drive yeah. to, to come back into town and turn those things in. So we wanted to try to make that easier for them to, to get things back or to... You know, to, to have a chance to think about, oh, it's time to renew that or whatever it might be. Well, and, and something else that's interesting about library libraries is that they are also part of the museum system. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the bigger libraries like in Austin and some of the bigger towns are incorporating libraries and science centers and um, and museums all together mm-hmm. so that it's mm-hmm. a big resource for the community. Right. So that would be so awesome, wouldn't it, to have that here? That would be cool. Anyway. I, I know that even even for a lot of places that don't have those as part of their system, they will check out museum passes, like in Fort Worth. Yes. I think you can check out passes to the Fort Worth Museum of Science and History or mm-hmm. you know, to some of the art museums or something like that. And, and this is a huge thing in big cities like New York and Chicago and places like that um, where just so that you don't have to shell out huge amounts of money to go do that with your family you just have to get on the list, you yes. know, and, and wait your turn to get those museum passes, but you get to check them out and do that for free. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it really is. And so there, you're right, Chris, there's a lot of things that the library does now that used to not be even a thought in anybody's mind. Um, we've always done the traditional story time kind of things. Early literacy has always been kind of the public library bailiwick. Mm-hmm. But I think it has really turned into education rather than socialization or rather than just, you know, the fun time to, to come in and read stories and play games. It's I know that that you really focus on educational concepts, on age appropriateness, on choosing crafts and um, books and other activities like finger plays and movement activities and songs with in mind who your audience is going to be, what's going to, to be appropriate for for their cognitive level as far as as well as their attention span, what's going to move them forward and being ready to read when the time is right. Mm-hmm. All of those things are part of what goes through your head as you're planning story time it's not just oh this is my favorite book i love this let's do bears right it, it, it's not that it's a lot more than that right yeah we have a little literacy corner that we talk about mm-hmm. rhyming 
mm-hmm. uh, word families. And um, what else do we do? Well, uh, you do a lot of words. Like, and you all, start all with little learners. You start with the calendar and mm. what's the weather like out today? And let's count through the days of the month and where are we today? And you you do a you incorporate a lot of different um, kinds of educational concepts into your story times. Yes, mm-hmm. and I I'm not sure how many librarians do that i mean i think that those things are being taught to librarians which like you said in your classes which i think is a really good thing Um, i'm not sure how long that's been the case though uh, because i don't remember hearing any of that when i was in library school now there's a big long chunk of time between when i was in library school (laughs) and when you were but i so i don't really know how long that has been part of the curriculum there yeah but i think that library school curricula are responsive to changing needs and the recognition that public libraries too need to be educational centers and and to offer that not just for children but Mm -hmm. you know as we plan our summer reading as we plan adult programming um, one of the things that that we're trying to do and and getting started and, and it may be that we'll see a lot more of it after the first of the year here is our adulting 101 series where we're just trying to help people you know who either didn't get this and are needing help or they're just starting out on their own as independent adults mm-hmm. um, basic stuff like how to change a tire and um, how to how to um, fix the the door handle or you know things like that how to how to work out a budget for yourself a monthly budget um just you know those those how to sew on a button for pete's sake yeah you know those things that you need to be able to do when you're out on your own and if nobody ever taught you we're trying to help yeah so which yeah. yeah i don't think that that's always taught and especially like if you're from the city mm-hmm. that may be less because well and that's our community garden program that we have going mm-hmm. on we've just finished our third yes group the, of mm-hmm. the series of, of classes and um just helping people who may not have a lot of of skills or may not know very much about how to grow vegetables and now they can grow their own food yeah maybe not all of it because that's pretty limited, but right, you know. But but they've now got skills they didn't have, and I'm yes. pretty proud of the fact that that we're part of that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am. I I'm excited about having having been a part of that and mm-hmm. getting it going. But that that's another thing too. That uh, one of the things that we do is partnerships right. with the community, um, other community members, so businesses and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we got the community garden started because we partnered with AgriLife and they helped us mm-hmm. get that going. Uh, we used some of their cu- curriculum for that. Mm-hmm. And um, and they supported us with some resources as well to build the raised beds, yes. to get started with that physical community garden area that we have out back. Yeah. And then uh, just other partnerships like with Fit and Wise and with, um, who else, Star Council, mm-hmm. um, Trinity Street, right. what is the coffee bar? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
I wanted to make sure I said it right. It wasn't right. just coffee. It was the... It's not just a bar. <laughs> it's a coffee bar. Right. I love that. Um, yeah. So, so so that and and our being part of the Community Health Improvement Initiative, mm-hmm. um, Healthy Wise County, um, has really helped us reach out and get to know so many more people in the community um, and just find out what the community needs are and where we can fit in to help do that. And I think that's, that again, Chris, is, is one of those things that I don't know that 15 years ago you would have seen very many libraries, maybe in big cities, but not very many libraries our size and even, even bigger than we are doing that. They would just be in their building and, you know, trying to do what they do in their buildings and, and mm-hmm. oh, we're doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on how many people we get through our doors, that's that's what it's all about. Well, no, it's really not because we don't have to make people come to us. I, I once worked for a library that had a lovely building program. I mean, expanded, tripled their size, had wonderful resources. It was beautiful. But at the end of that program, the city manager started asking, why are you going to daycares? Why are you going here? Why are you going there? You have this lovely building. Stay in it and do what you do. Wow. And, and it was that mindset that once we build a building, people will just come to it. Uh-huh. And it doesn't work like that regardless of what Kevin, whatever, what was his name? Uh, Field of Dreams? Costner. Costner. Yes, thank you. If you build it, they will come. No, it doesn't work like that. You know, some people will come to a a beautiful two-story building, but that you're not going to catch everybody. No, and when you talk about daycares, I mean, they have to have the vehicles and the car seats and everything to bring. It's a big deal. And a lot of of daycares just don't have those resources. So one of the things that, I'm really proud of that we've done for for several years um, is we do a monthly story time at multiple daycares around town so that children who may, whose parents may not have the time, the energy, or the resources to get mm-hmm. them to the library to a program, they'll they'll have that experience. They'll have that story time, educational something Mm -hmm. and then we also send something home with each child to let them know that the library visited and here are some some songs and finger plays you can do with your child here are some suggestions for books that if you do get to the library Mm -hmm. you can check them out and your child might have seen these already yeah and you know just some things like that to make that contact to to let those kids have that uh, and I'm sure that those their daycare teachers are doing literacy activities with them. Oh, yeah. But just to make that context so that we can extend that further with the families. Well, having... I think s- that's really important. Yeah. Having an outside person come in, especially consistently, mm-hmm. um, I think helps to build a different view on right. literacy as well. Mm-hmm. So, yes, my teacher reads, but so does somebody else. And this is important enough that somebody comes here on purpose just to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a, and it's a break for them from the day and right. that kind of stuff. So. Well, and I think we've also seen some of those kids that we know only from daycare come into our summer reading program because mm-hmm. they've gotten used to us being there. They know where we are now. They know a little bit about what we do. And and they show up and, Miss Dawn, Miss Pat, hi, yeah. you remember me? And of course, 
you may not know their their name at all because they're one of 75 children you saw in an hour and a half but still uh-huh. you know their face and you know those big smiles yes. so to be part of that is pretty cool Yes, um, and it, it, it builds a it helps to build community, right? So, and I think our partnership with the schools, yes, is doing exactly that same thing. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about what we what we did last year with this, the library cards and the schools. Well, last year we partnered with uh, the DISD schools all of them, and we were able to um, provide the opportunity for them to get library cards um, through their registration at school. Mm-hmm. So they said yes or no if they wanted it, and then we provided the cards and got those to the kids, and then they were able to come and check out books. Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing because a lot of kids may not have ever right. Come or even right. you know parents may not have mm-hmm. thought about it. And the the last few years, and I I can't remember how many exactly, but the last at least three, probably more like five, maybe longer than that. We've been having the first graders come in for a tour, mm-hmm. and as part of of coming to the library for a tour and a, a little uh, class story time we give them library cards. So their parents have filled out a little application and, you know, we get that all organized so that when those kids come for their tour, they will get their library cards if they don't already have them. But the kids who are older than that program has been going on Mm -hmm. weren't, didn't get those. So what we found out is that in the younger grades, we had fewer and fewer and fewer kids that we had to get library cards for yes through that program but as in the upper grades it was most of them so we feel like we've done a good job now of kind of getting to all of the kids who were there and now as we go through we'll we'll be working with the the kids who've transferred in or you know something like that and then as if we can keep that first grade group coming in then, then we'll keep on top of that. And I well, think just having that that option for those kids is great. And once they have a library card, they can still use some of our services without mm-hmm. coming to the library. Absolutely. So they can check out ebooks. They can look at our digital resources and those things. Mm-hmm. Um, World Book Encyclopedia for yeah. their kids and yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. So they can still use that at home before they even come to the library. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which in this day and age is a big deal. It is. Absolutely. So one of the things that one of my professors asked me to do in in a class Mm -hmm. was, you are a reference librarian for a TV show. Which TV show would it be? (laughs) I liked that question because she was expanding what a librarian can do. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many different aspects of places that you could go and work that is not right. a library right? that I love. So mm-hmm. my choice was The Walking Dead. Ah. Because, I mean, that's a lot of research to go into those yeah. diseases and, uh, you know, what somebody would look like and what are the effects. And, you know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff that you could research in there and make sure you have to make sure you get it right or else you're going to have people complaining. Yeah. That uh, the zombies weren't realistic enough? <laughs> Maybe. Or they wouldn't have done that because blah, blah, blah. You know, 
Don't you say that about movies you watch? Yes, uh, I Very do. highly critical of those things. Yes, yeah. I hate it when they get, like, physics wrong and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Or there's not even any, any semblance of, of physics considered. It's just like, what if we did this? <laughs> doesn't work that way. Right. Wow. So, like, CSI yeah. has, uh, I think, a police officer or mm-hmm. a retired police officer mm-hmm. or something like that on staff to help them with their episodes. Right. Making sure that they're doing things right. I know that when Big Bang Theory was on, uh-huh. they always had a mathematician and, a, I mean, a physicist, a mathematician, you know, somebody like that who could conf- who could come up with the formulas that were always on the boards or that they were working on for this or that so that they looked accurate you know so they looked realistic enough uh-huh um you know i don't know what those theor- theorems were or whatever that were actually on the board but they had a consultant there to make sure that it was that it was accurate and anytime you've got somebody speaking a different language or who mm-hmm. is you know uh, uh speaking in a dialect that's not their their natural one they've got a a vocal consultant or a dialect coach or somebody like that well and even thinking culturally that would be really fun yeah yeah how this would would play out like the miniseries shogun yeah years ago you know anytime you've got that different culture different time Mm -hmm. you you've really got to you know, have somebody who can do that research. And that's, I think that's kind of the, the key to, to the fun for me of being a librarian mm-hmm. is I don't know all the answers, but I've got resources. Right. I know where to look to start trying to find them. Yep. And that, that for me has always been the really, the really fun thing. Not so much, you know, oh, man, you're over budget in this line item, or, <laughs> oh, my goodness, we've got a leak in this, or the toilets aren't flushing. Those are not my favorite things. Uh, no, but I can't imagine. getting to work with people, those smiles on the kids' faces. Yes. Those are my favorites. That's the best. When they come in, Miss Dawn, mm-hmm. because they remember me, or mm-hmm. the, my, the parents say, oh, every time we drive by the library, they point and say Miss Dawn, or you know, <laughs> something like that, that they're recognizing this place, and it's a fun place. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a mom tell me the other day that her uh, young child didn't want to go to dance anymore. She didn't like it. She said, I want to go to see Miss Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, yeah, so they did, which was awesome. So, I, I'm i not the children's librarian anymore. Mm-hmm. I work with adults primarily or, you know, who work with me or <laughs> who come to the library. But it has been tons of fun getting to do Trivia Trinity. Oh, yeah. And getting to see people and, and seeing people in other contexts then who's who know me from being there for trivia uh-huh. or we just started our books on tap our our book club at Tr- trinity street yes we had 12 people come out to that it was just tons of fun so it's same kind of thing like yeah people love what we do whether it's here in our building or whether it's somewhere around town and i hope that we get the opportunity to expand that because we're taking the library to them. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And it's not just... You're welcome to come to us, too. Yes. But, right. Yeah. And it's not just books. I mean, we're playing trivia right. at Trinity. Absolutely. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. If all we're doing is staying in our building... We're missing we're, out. Yeah, I think that we're, we're not 
really serving to our full capacity. Yeah, absolutely. Stay tuned. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So the life of a librarian is not (laughs) just sitting and reading books. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of conversations. It's a lot of um, meeting new people, uh, communicating with others, and Mm -hmm. research. Planning. Planning. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff. Absolutely. But it's a lot of fun. It absolutely is. So, I mean, I feel like this is what I was meant to do. So Same here. Yeah. When you when you get that in your profession, it's piece of cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right on. Yeah. So. Thanks for the conversation, friends. This yeah. has been fun. Yeah. Come, right. You can come talk to our librarians in person. You can. And and I'm I'm sure that if time allowing, they'd be happy to answer any questions that you might have. Absolutely. Yes. About being a librarian or if you need help with something else. Right. But, yeah, either yeah. way. Yes. But, uh, yeah, a lot goes on. Mm-hmm. It's great. Okay. Well, this has been a glimpse into the life of librarians, and it's been the Long Overdue Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>